Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show with your featured host, Shaw McCain, a forensic counselor, psychic, writer, artist, modern-day Christian mystic, and UFO experiencer. Shaw introduced guests who are experts on all aspects of the paranormal and the sacred. The Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show has been featured on Blog Talk Radio as staff pick. And now for your host, Sean McCain. Hello there, this is Sean McCain. I am live in Los Angeles, California. Well, I'm partly alive. I'm uh, really, really excited to be here tonight. I know that my guest, Eric Perry, is alive and well on the East Coast, but I'm not quite sure how I'm going to get him in here. Uh, we did have a plan for to Skype in, so I just left him a message. If anybody is listening, can you please uh, little tap uh, Eric Perry and let him know that he needs to uh, call in. And the calling number, the guest calling number tonight is 563-999-3749. Just have him call me right here at the studio, and we will have our special guest who's going to be talking to us about uh, his ghost hunting episodes and he's from Lynn, Massachusetts and I really wanted to talk to him because I was born in Boston, Massachusetts and uh, I love my people from Massachusetts. So while I'm waiting for him to call me, what I'm going to do is play the Bee Gees song, Massachusetts. How about that? So while we're waiting for him to call in, please keep on Facebook Tap Eric Perry for me, tell him to call, call in, and I think they can Skype in using the number two because I cannot see how I can reach him. I looked everywhere, and I don't see that, uh, so I think he has to do it from his side. The call-in number is 563-999-3749. Okay, here's the Bee Gees, Massachusetts, and Eric Perry's. Honor.
to have a guest here on the And I'm going to let him get on the phone. Hi, is is this Eric Perry? The Eric this Perry? Is. Hi, Eric. This what is. you doing? Oh, not much. We just, we just came in the door. We shot out to get some ice cream real quick. <laughs> Thank God, because you know, Eric, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking what? since it's 9, at 9 o'clock in your area, I said, you know, they could just as easily just fall asleep. And I'm having a show by myself. Right. But I don't blame you for an ice cream run. I mean, come on. And so anyway, I couldn't find the Skype deal, but, but we're on, and this is cool. Anyway, so I want to yeah. do your intro, if you don't mind. So Eric Perry is author, filmmaker, and a paranormal investigator. And he has been on, I don't know how many thousands, uh, well over a thousand investigations. And he started uh, in New England as a sixth grader in the COVID elementary school in Lynn, Massachusetts. And he had his first encounter with a paranormal on a field trip when he saw a shadow person at the House of the Seven Gables. And please tell us about that. But one of his earliest jobs was as a grave digger, a groundkeeper for the Pine Grove Cemetery, also in Lynn, Massachusetts. And then he had spirit encounters working in the cemetery. And uh, then he got into the paranormal field professionally. And um, now you uh, do you still run uh, paranormal teams? I do. I actually have um, my team, Haunted in New England, Eric Perry's Paranormal Investigations. Um, I have my sister teams, which is um, Haunted in New York, Haunted in Vermont, um, Haunted in Colorado, and Haunted in um, Florida, Haunted in Dixie. So I have a lot of teams out there. That's awesome. Do you still do one in Maine? Excuse me? Do you still do the one in Maine? We still do stuff in Maine, yes. Oh, cool. Because you know what? I have a great desire. I live in California, and I have been here for a long time. And when I was born in Boston, but uh, I have the greatest desire to move to Maine for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I do. So uh, tell us a little bit about this... um, you know, this the House of Seven Gables. I've heard of that my whole life. So can you tell us about this first encounter? Yeah, the House of Seven Gables has to deal with the house, um, the witches of Lynn, um, excuse me, the witches of Salem, Massachusetts, and the history of Salem, Mass. And um, it's an old colonial house um, that dates back to the Hawthorns. And I was there. Just as a child, as a kid, in the sixth grade, and I went to go touch some objects in the dining room. I was being a naughty little boy. And um, as I did it, um, a shadow person came out of nowhere. I started from left to right, came up behind me, touched my shoulder. I felt a nice touch, and then I heard, get out. And that was my first encounter. I ran like a little schoolgirl back to the bus. <laughs> wow. I'm actually, with I'm actually here tonight with somebody uh, from Haunted in New York, the founder, Shelly. She's actually with me. Oh, cool. Cool. So, uh, well, 
what about, do you guys both want to talk about your earliest encounters? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd love to have Shelly come on with me. So, let's see, how many did I do this? Now, Shelly, so you she's phone? right here with me, so she's right here with me, so we got you on speaker. Oh, cool, okay. Uh, uh, Shelly, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Shelly. Hi. I'm the founder of Haunted in New York. Hi, Shelly. I can't hear you guys too well, so if you want to uh, call in, I probably can hear you a lot better if you want to call in. No, we hear you just fine. No, she's not. Okay. I was thinking of the other way around. I thought I could record, but uh, anyway, um, what I was always wondering is that my opposite reaction to uh, the new guys would be to run and stay away if I ever run across something paranormal. It has always been my reaction. And so I've always wondered, why do you guys run to the paranormal? Yeah, well, you know, with the paranormal and stuff that I've encountered, I've encountered everything from uh, a poltergeist to a demon to a um, even to a Bigfoot. Well, Okay, let's start with the demon, since a lot of people are actually worried about uh, that as part of, uh, you know, looking in, uh, for ghosts and investigations, running into a demon, or if a ghost is a demon. Uh, can you tell us about that? Yeah, we were doing a, um investigation of a hotel called the Border Motel, which is actually in one of my books called True New England Hauntings 2, book 2. Um, we were in an in investigation up there. We were called in by the owner who sent me a, uh, excuse me, a video of a child running across the TV screen. And we were like, oh, this is great. This is good stuff. So what we did is um, we, myself, um, my co-founder with me, um, Elizabeth Angel, we all got together with some other team members, and we took a demonologist with us to the location which is not normal practice for us because we just thought, you know, maybe it's just a child spirit wants to be crossed over. And we got up there, and we were up there for an entire Friday, Saturday, into a Sunday at the place. And um, we had the whole place to ourselves to do what we needed to. We were, the first night we were there, myself and Jared actually investigated it. Um, some, some, you know, did our preliminary baseline readings, you know, where we're going to put the cameras and stuff like that. Then the next night, on Saturday night, Elizabeth and um, Stephen, who was our demonologist, came up. And um, Elizabeth, on her way up, started getting sick because she kept thinking about, she kept feeling the energy of what was going on there. Now, see, Elizabeth is trained by Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah. And so we were on our, we were already up there. So she got got there. She got to my room, and she goes, I don't want to enter in there. I can't. I said, why? She goes, there's spirits in there. I said, yeah, because I felt them last night. And uh, we were she, we were investigating. We set up our cameras and we started going to work. During the investigation, the demonologist went to the basement. There's two basements to this um, facility. And he went down to one of them by himself. We had cameras down there, so he really wasn't by himself. And um, next thing you know, he ended up with three scratch marks across the front of his face, all bloody. 
he didn't even realize it until he got up and I said, hey, you got scratch marks on your face. And um, he was like, oh, my God. And he looked, we took a picture of it, and um, he, yeah, yeah. Was that filmed? He was, he was out of shock. What's that? Did you film that? We actually took pictures of it. Well, we take pictures of any kind of interaction with scratches or anything like that. Yeah. Well, um, well, so are you saying that um, now we know the demons can hurt you? Uh, are you saying that's why it's a demon is because it has an ability to hurt you? We called it a demon due to the fact that we had several factors that went into this to call it a demon. The reason we called it a demon was due to the fact that three scratch marks, which is the mark of the Trinity, the um, smell, um, we actually got it on SLS camera where we were filming, and we went to go put sea salt, blessed sea salt, and tossed it at it and um, said the holy prayer during it, St. Michael's prayer, and um, all of a sudden it the sea salt was on it, and it just brushed it off. Oh, wow. So we, well, we did say that that was a demon. And the funny thing is, the demonologist, Stephen, who was with us at the time, he mm-hmm. left the um, the paranormal field after that investigation. Yeah, that's, right. left that's left. my next question. What would you do with yourself? Uh, would you... Uh, continue or would you leave or um, I think some would leave because I wouldn't want to yeah, take I a chance I I could, yeah I kept going Elizabeth has kept going um, Jared actually became a ordained minister and is um, doing paranormal through spiritual warfare instead yeah because this, this is a um my experience with uh, ghosts, I, every house I've ever lived in has been haunted except for my current house, which has other kind of issues, meaning I have seen some weird stuff here. Uh, I get helicopter stuff going on, UFO, men in black, uh, just really, really strange things going on over here, but no, not a haunting. But every place I've ever lived in has has been haunted, and uh, it's not something that I would seek out. And, uh, you know, the, my kids used to say, you know, there's something in the kitchen. It's opening and shutting their doors and slamming the silverware drawer. And they're, they're kind of loud, you know, and we would hear footsteps and stuff like that. And this happened in every place we ever lived in. But it, it was not intentional. But I think this whole town is really haunted. Like back east, uh, it's very well known because some of your work in places that you've uh, investigated has gone back centuries, like at least a, a couple hundred years. Mm-hmm. Like the like the Libby Gordon house. Do you want to tell us something about that? We've encountered different things, and we had a we yeah. had a place that kind of blew our mind. I was with some friends of mine that were part of my team, and we did a place in um, Chester. Um, oh, I forget the name of the town. We actually went to this place, and the place was built in the 1970s. 
the homeowner had pictures of Bigfoot throughout the house. Um, her husband worked at the local insane asylum in Concord, New Hampshire. And he mm. went upstairs, I guess, at Concord State Hospital and decided to go into the section where they hadn't touched. It was the old patient's ward. Well, he brought something home with him, something malevolent, something really powerful that we got to the house, and I didn't want to be in that house, which is a rarity for me to be at an investigation where I don't want to be in. And we were setting up the cameras and everything, and uh, we had a door open before we even had the camera set up. Um, then during the night, the homeowners, I said, we're going to go dark. You're more welcome to stay with us and do it. Both of them got in the car and went to a hotel for the night. They did not want to be in that place for the night. And um, we got there. We were setting up everything, and we did it all. We turned the lights off. We actually shut the whole power breaker off. We had permission from the homeowner. So we shut everything down. Well, during that, we... Um, we had everything off. All of a sudden, our shadow detector started going off. Our motion alarms started going off. The EMF meters were going off. The TV was turning on and off. Light bulbs were popping. All kinds of different things. Um, then, for the for the final part of it, we actually captured a um, somebody opening the door from the mudroom to the main house. Well. Well, how, how did this affect you uh, and your team? It didn't affect me at all. I was actually shocked, and um, it was one of those cases that I absolutely loved. It was wow. It was something that I I, I liked the adrenaline. I liked it, the feeling of getting to know what's actually going on for paranormal activity, and um, it just took me by surprise, and it it really really helped me. Uh, understand the paranormal a little more, um, what was really out there. It's not just residual ghosts. It's not just intelligent ghosts or demons or poltergeists. There's stuff like that. In the, in the paranormal realm, I've been doing this for 30 years. I've seen mm-hmm. things that I can't explain. I've had a French soldier point a musket at my head. I've been possessed at least once on a case at Eagle Mountain House in Jackson, New Hampshire. Um, I've been all over the place. Well, well uh, describe that. What, what happened to you? I was at Eagle Mountain House, and um, I got in the spirit of the old owner, who was very mean, and um, mm. he decided he wanted to play around with us. And we had some not-so-nice words said to us heading up the stairs. As we got upstairs, I looked to my left. There's a guy in overall sitting in the chair. Look to my right. This guy in overalls, all the way down the hallway, this guy was in this room. Well, as we got back, heading back from up, going all the way down the end of the hallway, we're heading back, and I see him again. I said, if you're here, please touch us. Well, one of my female investigators, her hair got pulled. Then I got touched on the back of my hair, like my mother would have done with, like, the little nap of my hair and pull it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I saw this room. We got halfway up, and I saw this room with a bunch of chairs in a circle, not realizing, because no one told us, that a scrapbooking club used a Ouija board in that room. Um, we went into, I went into the room. I got pulled to the room. I got into the room. I stand, stood in the center, and I felt this heat all around me. 
total heat, not nothing. It was just heat coming down on top of me. And I'm yelling for help. I couldn't move, nothing. I yelled for help. And nobody came. And I'm like, oh, boy. Help, help, Mm -hmm. I need help now. And no one came. And I'm yelling. Hour went by. Then somebody, the, the demonologist that we had at the time, Joe, he came in and saw us, saw me standing there, and he and he's feeling around me, goes, you're in a state of being possessed. I've got to get you out of here. Grabs me, and another investigator grabs me, and we start walking down, and my energy is being drained. And I could feel the very fight for my soul inside me from this investigation. And I mm-hmm. get down to the main lobby of the hotel, and I'm sitting there, and he hands me this dagger. The demonologist says, this is my protection dagger. And he hands it to me. And all I really wanted to do at that point was take it and plunge it into his heart. So I was being possessed by this, by this entity. So after that, I was like, okay, okay, I'm not liking this. So it took a Reiki master and demonologist to get the spirit out of me, which I was very grateful for. But he really didn't leave me. It was like watching Dracula versus Ben Helsing. It was a fight for my own soul. By the Thank time God I got you. down, got, got, went home that night, the next night, um, I went to sleep at 2.30, 2 in the morning. I felt two icy hands come in my back, grab my lungs. I was losing breath. I felt it. And the next thing I know, um, I was being held. And then next thing I know, I woke up in the morning, I had belt marks all over my body. I held, I <laughs> was, I hanged my belt up on the door of a closet. When I woke up in the morning, the belt was on the floor. So you think this, uh, uh, whatever it was, was using that belt against you? Oh, yeah. Every February, every February, I have his memory, because that's the anniversary of the investigation. Dang. So... What are you doing to protect yourself against this ever happening again? Because uh, this is an assault, really. I, I, don't, I couldn't tolerate it. Something similar happened wear, to my sister. Right. I actually wear a cross around my neck, which is um, blessed by a priest. Um, yes. And um, it's actually, you can actually see it on the show, um, Haunted Hospitals, because it's always around my neck. Um, I wear it for protection against anything that I come across as evil. And um, so far, it's protected me against a lot of good, uh, evil things that I've come across. Yeah, to, because uh, you're still, you know, wanting to... Do, uh, what's propelling you forward? Is this the curiosity? Because um, there is a lot of interesting things going on, and I feel like it's even more so now. A lot of uh, interesting things have been happening, even recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's been going on a lot lately, and uh, yeah. we've been due to the pandemic. We believe that the energy in the air is more active due to the pandemic because there's a lot of fear, a lot of things going on in this world, and um, we believe that that's what's going on. Is the pandemic is bringing all this fear forward? Like with Shelly and I, we've been going to um, check out local cemeteries stuff and local landmarks um, that you can actually go to. And um, during this time, 
we have encountered different spirits in different places. We have photographic evidence of, of a soldier coming out of the woods at a local cemetery. Um, I got pictures of a soldier crossing a battlefield at, at a local battlefield. Um, we've got different things. I got pictures at Robert Frost Farm where I actually believe that I've captured Robert Frost in his window of his wow. farm. Um, I've got EVPs of Robert Frost saying his last name, Frost. Um, different things that I've, I've come across during my time as a paranormal investigator. And now that I'm writing books regarding the paranormal, um, yes. since, I, since I started doing that, when I came out with Ran- The Haunting of Ransom O'Gore, this was a family in need that needed help on a case. They were having people were dying in their family from this spirit. We went there. We did it for four months, an investigation. And out of the four months, we caught a lot of different evidence. We actually captured Captain Gore on camera. Wow. Yeah, I read I read that book, and I've read I read two more books this week, and it's uh, very interesting and. I love the cover of that book. The oh, artwork and the picture. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I really like it. And uh, it's, uh, I'm glad you're not by yourself doing this stuff. I'm glad you, you have a partner there yeah. and that, that she shares the same interest because uh, you guys can actually protect each other, even having somebody that has positive regard for you, I feel, is a protection. You know, somebody that uh, cares about you. It's, uh, I had a strange thing happen because uh, you said I, that somebody was doing a Ouija board in that room in the past and that caused part of the problem. Um, when we were like teenagers back in the day, uh, me, I have a bunch of sisters, and we used to just fool around with a Ouija board. We had some table weird stuff happen, a table lifted up, and we had our hands on top of the table. A lot of crazy stuff came down, and we were all teenagers, we're all a year apart. So there's three of us that are in our teens, and then one younger one, so and our friends, and, and the table would follow us around. Really, I got so scared one time, I, I stutter a little bit talking about it, that they chased me, I mean, with their hands on the table, on top of the table, the table, and then chased me, and I ran in the bathroom and slammed the door, and they were banging against the door. It was outrageous, right? So we, we, my one sister, we were talking, and just coincidentally, there was this little boy I was interested in, because we had moved from New York to California, because I was born in Massachusetts, we lived in New York, and stayed in Poughkeepsie. And uh, we had uh, moved to California. But I was interested in this little boy, and his name was Jimi Hendrix. I wasn't looking for the Jimi Hendrix. This kid's name was Jimi Hendrix. But anyway, so his name came up on the Ouija board, and that started something with one of my sisters. She started speaking in a very low tone. And I remember I said, I'm never, I hit the, the Ouija board thing, and I said, I'm never playing this game again. So flash forward probably 30 years. We never touched that game again, but me and my sister and her boyfriend were at, really this house is like two blocks away. I hesitate to talk about this because I'm in, you know, I'm very close to where this place is happening. Anyway, 
so I have a little altar here, and I, I burn a candle to bless the mother constantly. So, um, you know, because I'm right in this old neighborhood where this crazy crap goes on. So, uh, and I'm in a new refinery where the Dow Chemical Company was. So I think there's some kind of a weird uh, aerospace, time-space continuum UFO bizarreness going on over here. Because we have, me and my friends have seen a lot of stuff. So anyway, me and my sister decide to impromptu just make a little question thing. You know what I mean? Out of paper with a cup. She immediately got possessed by, by somebody that had been living in the house. And she started acting like him, and she couldn't shake it. It was horrible. She actually at one point became paralyzed. Thank God her boyfriend was there, and he was strong. She couldn't walk. She came, became stuck to the spot. He picked her up, and, and we took her, he took her and carried her down to the Catholic church, right? And they were pounding mm-hmm. on the door to, to the rector to get in. And this is the horrible part, okay? She said, you know how the, you, know, you look into there's a little glass, when you look, look into the glass, you see somebody standing there? You know, she yep. saw, she saw a, a person that answered, answer the door because she was pounding on her boyfriend was pounding on her. They were trying to get some help. And she she saw a pig standing there with braided hair. It was pretty horrible. I didn't know I was going to get this upset. But anyway, for some reason, that priest, thank God, let her in. And she was talking. And I don't know if he believed her or not, but all of a sudden, he just hugged her. You know what I mean? And that whatever happened to her yeah. went away. It went away yeah. and she she got hugged. But it was a really true story, so be careful when you mess with this stuff, because it could happen. It never happened again, but that was two sisters that this happened to, just playing around, you know, so you better know what you're doing, you know, and for some protection of this stuff. You know, that's why, you know, I have ghosts all the time come and see me, but I don't call them ghosts, but they, but they come while I'm sleeping, and they tell me stuff, they people before they pass, now this is a phenomena, I don't know if this has happened to you, but before they pass, they come to me and tell me stuff. They're not even dead yet. Sometimes not. they tell me like when, okay, 30 days from now, they don't say it flat out, but they let me know somehow. Okay, in 30 days, I'm going to be passing. And if somebody's going to pass a week before me, I'm going to be passing of this and this, and I want this to happen at my funeral. You know what I mean? Right. Right. My mom passed in 2016. She died of okay. cancer. Okay. And I got to the hospital late, but her body was still in the room, and my brothers were still with her. And um, I went to go say my, my goodbyes. I walked in there. I went up to my brother, and I turned around. I looked at the door. My mother was standing there at the door. <gasps> she opened up the door. The light, wet light, white light. She waved and smiled at me and walked through the door. Wow. I could just cry over that experience because I had interviewed Dr. Raymond Moody a couple times, and he talks about a shared and life after death experience. And that's what you experienced. You know, her spirit after she said, What a gift! What a gift! That's exactly what it was. It was a gift from her, her final gift to me. And um, yes. none of my brothers saw her. I was the only one who saw her. And uh, I was like, okay, this is cool. And, um, yeah, but now I'm doing investigations in New York and New England, down south. 
I'm doing investigations all over the place. So right. now, not only do I get to experience some other ghosts from other states and stuff like that, I get to experience things that some people probably have never in their lifetime encountered during an investigation of any type. Um, we're doing, with Shelly and I, right now, we're, we're traveling. Her and I travel. We go on the road. We go to these haunted locations or cemeteries to try to find out if they are haunted. Um, we just did a, a cemetery in New York where they, we walk, we, we're walking in, we're filming, we're using what's called the SC Ghost Arc app. It's an, um, it does a uh, spirit box on it and it records video. As we're doing it, there was a spirit, a male spirit, that came across and said, leave you pig. And then, and then a few stones up, a woman says, why are you doing this to me? So where this was in between the radio, whatever you hear the spirit box, it was in between the little speaking parts in the radio. It was actually in between it. So it does work. This app for uh, spotted ghosts called Ghost Art actually works. I I totally 100% with Ghost Art. Um, We've done it. We've used it for Bigfoot hunting, the ghost arc, to see if we can spot them without the, without the thing. We've noticed high EMF areas in the woods. Um, we used it on battlefields. We've used it on different things, and we absolutely love it. Now, when it comes to the stuff now that I'm doing, like films and books, and the reason I'm doing this is because it helps educate people. Same thing when I do paranormal yeah. questions a day. Facebook. It helped educate people. And that won me an award in 2014 for education and an international award for education in the paranormal. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, I saw that. Congratulations and on just, that. Thank you. And it's just something different because I think in my eyes that education is key. If you pick up a paranormal book, read it. See what the other investigators have gone through or scientific facts that these guys are writing about. Read those books. Some people just say, oh, those are going to be boring. Read them. I'll tell you this. No. My books, are, my books are not boring. They give you facts. They give you photographs. And they give you everything that you need to know before an investigation. Right. I, I totally, I'm totally behind uh, supporting our authors. Um, I support you. And, um, you know, anybody that's doing this kind of work uh, is, to me, it's, it's so interesting and it's never boring or tedious. There's so much to learn. Uh, it's not, you know, some people believe this is like a two-dimensional world. I don't know how they broke it down to that. That is there's there's beyond okay so we do this new brain study where our brain conceptualizes eleven dimensions and we only operate in three like how come our brain recognizes eleven that's because we're operating in more than than three but right. some people are are acting like it's two. When there's so much stuff going on, all of, I have, you know, I'm operating in a, a few, several different dimensions here, especially but in this they, town I live in. You know, right. and it's not, well, it's not easy, especially the corona thing was not easy. 
you know, to when it was coming down, me and a friend were on the phone. He's a very sensitive uh, person. We were talking on the phone. He said, when this thing is coming down, and I feel like it's coming, he says, well, we were talking about how is it coming down. And then things started shutting down over at the refinery, uh, the electrical shut down at the gas station. And in the middle of the phone call, I felt like getting my gas topped off. And that, it was very bizarre, but I did get up, and I drove down the street. Now this is down Crenshaw. And there's a refinery. It's just a very strange town in Torrance. It's it's a haunted town. It's a weird town. And Dow Chemical was here for a while, but they're still here, but they're hiding out as a lumber company. But I was at the gas station. I could see the refinery, and we were talking. still on the phone. He said, why are you at the gas station? I said, I don't know. I just decided I have to top off my tank. I looked at the poor register guy. All his electronics shut off. And he freaked out so deeply that... You ever see a man with sweat just dripping off his arms out of fear? That's what happened to him. So I'm looking at him, and then my friend Curtis was listening to me on the phone. I said, if you calm down, it'll all turn back on. Because I personally do affect electronics, so I know sometimes I can't touch the cards and stuff like that. So anyway, so I took that into effect. I said, Curtis, it's going to shut down just like that. And I'm talking, this was March 3rd. We said, it's going to shut down like that. And then I knew I had to get to a girlfriend's house to do her hair because I knew within that was by that Thursday and by that weekend we were shut down. I didn't know the whole world was going to shut down. It didn't seem a possibility at the time. You know what I mean? Right. But it did. It did. Right. You know, and right. then, but, but odd, other odd things were happening. You know, trees were talking to me. Houses were saying stuff. You know what I mean? It was just weird. Right. Like there's some kind of a, like what you're talking about, I think I heard you say somebody saw a Sasquatch at their house. You know what I mean? Which I, I find actually, very bizarre. I've actually, I've actually encountered Sasquatch. In a house? Um, it, not at a house. We were um, investigating Manitary's castle. We were, um, how can I put it? We were, um, it's a ruin. We were up in the state forest where Manasseri's castle is. We're um, doing an investigation of Manasseri's for paranormal activity. Um, I sent two investigators to the top of the ridge. They went to the top of the ridge. They looked out and saw an eight to nine foot tall orange-looking creature running through the woods. They came down, told us, and we're listening. We can hear something breaking in branches and stuff around us. Yeah. And... um, we're standing there, and it's just about dusk. We decide to let off an air horn, scare anything that's around us. And as we did it, he stood up from behind the bushes with red eyes, smelt bad, everything. And um, Wow. And um, behind him up on the ridge was actually his family. Could you draw and a picture of this? We, Can you draw no, a picture we actually of got it? A footprint. We, actually got a, we actually got a footprint of it. Um, wow. We ran back to the car as fast as we could. He, you could hear him following us to the car. We got to the car, got in, we took off. We went back well, other times, didn't encounter him any other time. So. Well, he probably wouldn't want to, he wouldn't want to endanger his family. That was kind of a mistake that we didn't yeah. even see because they, they hide very well. Now, I had a very bizarre thing happen. 
that you wouldn't think would happen in a town, uh, a regular city, you know, because we're not near the country. There is a marsh near here, but that's like a uh, preserve. You know, it's like a little green belt. But um, I was interviewed. I had something strange. Something strange happened to me. I thought, Shaw, you know, you're really crazy, except for my dog thought, too. So uh, I saw in my hallway, now I live in a tiny place, and this thing was huge. It was a big black wolf. Wolf, black, huge. He was standing in the hallway, but I was sound asleep. And then what I saw was, first of all, I saw my dog first. She was at high alert sitting. She's so small, poor thing. She was sitting at the foot of my feet. You know, I was sleeping. She was, but she was high alert, staring down the hallway. So I looked at, you know, you followed her gaze. Like, what are you looking at? And then he looked right. at her. I looked at him. I was like, oh my! I could see it in my mind's eye right now. And I, yeah. and he looked at her, thinking, you woke her up. I mean, he looked intelligent. Right. He looked just like he was thinking. I grabbed right. her, and guess what I did? Of course, you okay. go under the covers. It saves you. The blankets right. save you, okay? It really, it's right. crazy. It's what a kid would do, but that's what I did. So we woke up right. three hours later. I still had her under the covers in the same position. And, right. okay, so a week later, so I just thought, you know, Shaw, you're just stone crazy at this point. Nobody's going to believe you because you just say a bunch of outrageous stuff anyway because I'm a UFO abductee. But anyway... So I have Linda Godfrey on here. Now, you know Linda Godfrey, right? Yeah. Do you know who she is? Okay. So I told her the crazy story. And I said, Linda, can I tell you something, really? And I told her. She said people are seeing these interdimensional things, and they see this big black wolf that walks by the window. Sometimes it's outside, and they're doing the dishes, and this big black wolf walks by. And I'm like, I don't, uh, that's why I wanted to ask you about this. What is your opinion on that kind of crazy sighting? But you said you saw a Sasquatch. That is totally crazy to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're, we're seeing these beast other well maybe I don't know if they're this dimension or another dimension. She said it's some of this is interdimensional travel. Some of these actually live like she lives I think in Wisconsin, near where the kettles are. You know those uh, formations in the ground? Yeah. Uh yeah. yes. And she says, like you just said, this thing crashes there intentionally and breaks branches off. And and tries to scare people, you know what I mean. Right. She's gone out there and seen branches, and they have some some land out there, and it's near those kettles. Right. And uh, they also have a mountain filled with that uh, red corpse. I find that fascinating. Right. You know I what I mean? Know. I don't I don't I know what have, it all means. Right. Go ahead. I only have a few more minutes left because uh, my phone's getting ready to oh. die. Oh, oh no. Okay. Yeah. Well, wrap it up. Tell us uh, what you what you doing next. What's what's on the agenda? I had three million more uh, questions to ask you, dang it. Are, we are um, traveling the roads to bring you guys some of the best haunted locations um, that we can find that doesn't cost anything to actually investigate. Um, so we're going out and doing that stuff. We're having a good time doing that. Um, Shelly and I are writing books. Shelly actually wrote cool. the books herself. Um, the Old Knox Man. Shelly, what's uh, your last name? What's your last name, Shelly? Brianza. 
B-R-I-E-N-Z-A. Okay. Shelly Brianza with a B? Yes. Okay, good, cool. All right, because we want to look you up and want to find your book, Shelly. Cool. So she's a a published author. She's also a publisher also. Cool. (laughs) And she actually published two of my books, The Haunting of Ransom O'Gore and The Haunting of High Rock Tower. Yay. So, um, yeah, so you can find my books on Amazon. Um, The recent one I have out is Where the Dead Talk called Haunted Cemeteries. Right. Um, It is a list of New York and New England cemeteries that are actually really haunted. Um, So that book is out. Um, There's also um, Paranormal Questions of the Day, book two, which is asked to do with cryptozoology monsters like Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, and some other ones you probably didn't realize were out there. Um, And then um, High Rock Tower, The Haunting of High Rock Tower, The Haunting of Ransom O'Gore, um, Paranormal Question of the Day, Book One. Farms in New York, the only non-paranormal book I did. Interesting. Well, uh, we really, really have enjoyed having you on the show. Um, I had three million more questions, so if you ever want to come up and talk about a book, you're very welcome to come on the Paranormal Sacred anytime you want. And uh, I really appreciate the work you're doing, and I love the TV shows, and uh, I wish both of you all the luck in the world, and uh, God bless you, and I wish all the protection and everything as you go out there amongst the gravestones, and uh, just uh, take care of yourself. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay, anytime. I hope hope you guys have your, your show. I bless you guys on your show. I hope you guys have huge success with it. Thank you. Thank you very much. And God bless you. And take care. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. So that was Eric Perry. And he's a paranormal investigator. author. he's also a TV personality. You can see him on the the Haunted series, Haunted of New England, especially. And he has several books out. You can find them on Amazon. I wrote two this week, so you can go ahead and get them. And I'm going to find out Shelly's. Uh, you can replay this back and find out Shelly's exact spelling of her last name, Shelly B. Well, I'm going to look her up and try to get some of her books. And she's also a publisher for those authors out there looking for a publisher. And I want to God bless everybody tonight. I know this corona is sickening. I know we're stuck in here, so listen to some of these podcasts. There's podcasts on here, and this is covering every kind of situation. Just not haunted matters or poster guys or whatever. This is covering everything. So uh, today is Friday. Saturday is a day off. My surgery was extremely successful. Thank you very much for that. And uh, today... I can't remember which show number this was, 400 and something. And uh, I appreciate all of y'all. And uh, thank you for tuning in. And uh, that's it for today. And what have I got? I've got a little bit of... uh, I've got a song here. What have I got? I have a... Okay, this is a little soundbite. I wonder if you guys remember this one. I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm hardly can wait to play this. Okay, listen. Hey, 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.